Women Taking the Lead, episode 244. I know it doesn't feel like you belong, you know, this feeling of not belonging in the world the way it is. I know that you feel you don't belong, but your time is coming and keep following the thread of your destiny. You were born for these times and we're getting you ready for what you came to do. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. The holidays are here and we are in the thick of it. You luckily don't have time to go bra shopping, but you don't want your worn out and poorly fitting bras to become another thing you're tolerating through the holidays. With Third Love, in a matter of minutes, you can have the perfect bra shipped to you without any hassle, and you can try it out for free. And when I say try it out, I mean you can cut the tag off, wash it, wear it all day as you go from work to shopping, volunteering, carpooling, wrapping, decorating, cooking, and visiting friends and family. You may even forget that it's on. If your Third Love bra isn't your new favorite, no problem. Just return or exchange it for free. There's so much to love, but don't take my word for it. Head over now to thirdlove.com forward slash WTL to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com forward slash WTL to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com forward slash WTL. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Suzanne Anderson, who is a change agent for Women Change Makers. As a psychologist, author, executive coach, speaker, and transformational facilitator, she has dedicated the past 15 years of her career in leadership development to decoding an embodied, integral, an accelerated pathway to awaken consciousness and leadership capacity in women. In her global online programs and retreats, she guides women to do the deep work of upgrading their inner operating systems and becoming a match for these complex times. She is the co-author of the award-winning book, The Way of the Mysterial Woman, Upgrading How You Live, Love, and Lead. Suzanne, we are only beginning to get to know one another, but as I was telling you before we hit record, I got your email. I saw what you were up to. I checked out your website, and I knew I needed to be having a conversation with you. So thank you for taking the time and making this work for your schedule. And for those who are listening, if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your own humble beginnings. Mm, thank you, Jody, and um, thank you for the invitation to to join this ongoing conversation that you are leading around women taking the lead. Um, yeah, humble beginnings. You know, the, I think the the humble beginning that I'll speak to that relates to the work I'm doing now was actually started when I was in uh, Paris and I was uh, running the European office of a Canadian-based consulting firm that I was in at the time, doing leadership development with Fortune 100 companies. This was in the late 90s. And um, 
and expecting as I was coming in to really help these big companies learn to become more nimble and break up some of the old bureaucratic structures, was expecting that the women, the few women that were at senior levels that I was working at would be um, really excited about what I was coming to do and found that they were the most resistant. And this was somewhat shocking to me because they were clearly also suffering inside these very patriarchal um, bureaucratic structures, and and yet they didn't they didn't want to let go of what they'd worked so hard to to uh, gain. At the same time, I had a, a profound, what I would now call kind of spiritual awakening experience in Bali, in Indonesia, um, that really introduced me to the the um, idea of a deep feminine principle that was kind of that personally I, I knew I needed to come to know more deeply in myself, but also that I recognized women in general needed to understand. So those two things co-arising, I, I uh, couldn't see many women actually addressing what seemed to be a big gap between what, what might, women might be able to bring into, into leadership and into organizations that was actually happening. So, so within six weeks, I left my firm. I just jumped off the, uh, into the deep end, basically, left my identity as a kind of cool uh, consultant, which in those days, it was sort of a pretty heady day for consultants, and, and basically started over. I, I went uh, back to graduate school in developmental psychology to understand how women develop and why were women so resistant to what seemed to me to be a kind of natural uh, unfolding of our capacity to have the feminine and masculine. And uh, anyway, that I would say that's sort of the humble beginning in the sense of I, I really didn't expect to be going where I ended up going from the career that I had, which seemed to be very ascendant um, and uh, just basically starting over again from scratch. And tell us a little bit about the work you're doing today. Yeah, well, the... What became really evident as I set off on that path was, first of all, I made sure that the programs that I ran, and, and then I moved from, uh, from Europe, from Paris to the United States at that time. Um, and once I started running programs, I made sure they were embedded in, in the university system so that the consideration of women in leadership wouldn't be sort of put in the ghetto somewhere. Um, but but really could be taken seriously. And as we did this research over 15 years um, of many students, women going through these programs, we were looking for how, first of all, what is this feminine masculine? What do we even mean by that? And, and, um, and what became clear pretty quickly was that what was going to have to shift was not so much focusing on the level of behavioral changes. We'd sort of done that, how to behave, how to be one of the boys and so on. Um, but, but actually was at a deeper level of how we saw ourselves, others in the world. And that really relates then to what I call an operating system. The inner operating system was actually going to have to shift and we were going to have to be liberated from these deeply encoded, and I, I mean really right down in the DNA, codes about our value, our belonging, our capacity, our confidence that came out of what our research showed is 5,000 years of a masculine paradigm. So the work I do now is to 
to take women through this. We've, we find, found the code. We found a, a developmental um, pathway for women. And my work is to, to guide women through that and do the un, uninstalling of the old operating system based on the patriarchy and a, and a masculine model of wholeness. And, and then install a way of being and a way of doing that is really brings together finally all of the feminine and masculine. And that way of being I call mysterial. Um, and that's, that's, that's the wor- a word that, that basically I invented because there was no word to describe what I was starting to see in women leaders that were emerging, um, what I call at the edge of evolution. I love this. And I know we're going to get into this more in a bit. Where I like my guests to go at this point, just to to get on that human level, because everyone's listening to all these amazing things you've done, like even where you started, like consulting and then going back to the university system. Now you're doing programs all over the world. It, It could be easy for someone to listen to this and go, I could never do that. Right. So I always like to start like go at this point, go back to you know, the humanizing moments that we all have. Mm. And I call these the playing small moments inspired by the Marianne Williamson quote, um, where she has the line, you're playing small does not serve the world. Um, So Suzanne, if you could share with us one of your own playing small stories and the lessons you learned from it. Yeah, I think, you know, the way I want to speak to this, Jody, is the I'm not sure I would call it playing small. I would say it was more about really losing everything. So I was very small in that sense. Um, uh, and this was actually not that long ago. In in 2012, right at the end of 2012, um, we'd finished the first draft of the book. We discovered this code. We knew we needed to get it out further than the, the number of women we could take in our programs. Um, we were ready to launch a new program in January of 2013 it was a time of like i was going to really come into the world with all of what i'd spent so many years um working on and then on january 3rd i came home and found my husband uh, dead and this is a little sobering i recognize um but i think it's important to bring this in because he um he was my beloved, and he was the, the I could say the the dry ground on which so much of my work, uh, from which I, I pushed off into all of this work. And within six months, um, everything that I would say I considered the most important in my life was gone. And I sold our property. I left our community. Our our um, I actually shifted the structure of my business company. I mean, everything came came very small everything contracted from what was i thought going to be a very expansive time and um and i i would say that it was you know now four years later um what i can say is that i test drove everything that i had been teaching for years really which was this more resilient way of being for women who, like myself and like many of us, are in enormous change and chaos. Um, it was like test driving it on the moon. And and when so much was at stake uh, for me uh, personally. And, um, 
and and what I what I can say is that my my center held, um, uh, even though I I have never felt so uncertain that it would. So the the hubris was totally gone for me. That you know I can get through anything, um, and I I had of course I was equipped with a lot of the understanding from what I'd been teaching for years. Um, but nonetheless, it was, it was a time when what I can say now, it was a, an initiation for me. And often I think the most difficult circumstances are actually that, um, that there's the opportunity in those very difficult rites of passage for, to not just get through them, but to have them actually be like a, an alchemical fire, a transformative fire. Because I, I can say who I have become in these last four years is mm, I'm much more equipped at many levels to to do what I'm quite certain I am here to do, which is awaken consciousness in women. And there's very, few, there's very little client or student can say to me that I cannot meet them there and say, I know it's hard. And yet you are being called to to still rise up so so that's my moment mm, Suzanne you have my condolences that is so heartbreaking and I also want to acknowledge the true value in the personal development and the transformational work that you do and we all do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm very interested in the work that you do, especially. Um, but we do that work. And I think sometimes people think, oh, if I have these transformational experiences, if I get over, you know, a certain, you know, characteristic, you know, in my makeup, that I, I won't have difficulty anymore. Right. right? right. And right. you and I both know that that's not what it's for. It's for those moments when life mm. gets really hard, when you are mm. thrown off base, that the work you've done in advance of those moments will help you and see you through them. But it is still difficult and challenging and nobody necessarily signs up for those moments. But how beautiful that you could go back to the work you were already doing to not only, I love how you said it, like, you know, hold your center, but also rediscover yourself at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's so, so beautifully summarized because this is, I mean, I think probably we could all agree that we are in incredibly difficult, challenging times now globally. And, Certainly we feel that here in the United States, many of us, as we watch some of our women's rights being rolled back and so on. But uh, really, if we say, and we have some evidence of this from, from the research done by, by historians and futurists, that any time a culture is in transition, and this would be one of those times, we feel, uh, it's bumpy and it's hard. And whether it transforms into a renaissance or goes into a dark age is really dependent on what the catalytic factors are, who is present to be able to steward or shape um, the, the positive arising out of the challenging times. So, so I think now more than ever, maybe we could say, uh, women running on an operating system that 
has the resilience to be in these dark times is just so hugely important. Now, I'm very curious about the answer to this next question, because this is curious. You know, my curiosity always has me love asking this question of the women I'm chatting with, because I think sometimes what can hold us back early in our career or we can stumble upon it over and over again is trying to figure out who we are as leaders. We often look to people who you know, don't share our values or our personality type or who have not had the experience we have. And we look at them and say, well, that's the leader I should be. But it's my belief that we really have to go inward to discover more about ourselves to find out what leader we want to bring forth. And so asking this question of many women gives people more options to kind of see that there's no one type of leadership. So Suzanne, how would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, I like this question, Jody. It's great. Um, well, I'm going to say I describe my leadership style as mysterial. Because <laughs> 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 that's what I would describe it as, um, which means really um, bringing together in the way that I lead the feminine and the masculine principles. And so I'll give, uh, I'll give an example of one of the capacities that I would say is very characteristic of my leadership style of my mysterious way of leading. And it is, it's a capacity I call unfolding the emergent. Um, and it sort of relates to what I was saying a moment ago. I mean, how really, if we see ourselves as women on, on the edge of evolution, which I think we need to see, then that means we have to get very good at partnering with the unknown, with the mystery. And I, and I really uh, mean not just tolerating the uncertainty and ambiguity getting through and wanting to get back on dry ground again of the, of the known, but, but actually the um, capacity to, to understand that, first of all, we are part of a of a um, much larger matrix of connection. There are many factors moving toward us as we are moving toward them. And if we really know that and deeply trust that, see ourselves embedded in a, in a field of uh, consciousness, then we can relax that, first of all, the need to know everything with the left brain, and we can open up the other ways of knowing, which I think we absolutely need now, to, to come up with solutions to these complex interwoven problems. So that is the ability to really use our intuition, to use our emotional intelligence, and to also use the rational analytical parts of ourselves. But then all of those factors come together. We bring all of those factors together in ourselves. And then we're also reading the, um, the uh, engagement with others who are part of the, the process or the project. And, uh, and then we, are, we have this ability to what's sometimes called dynamically steer our way through our lives, which is very different than, than um, you know, holding on for dear life to, or you having to create a 10-year plan. And, and I'm not saying that some of that's not helpful, but often that's at the expense of really reading what's arising right in the moment. And there's so much information available um, if we actually just opened our systems to, to be able to take it all in. 
And Suzanne, what was the term you used for that type of leadership again? I had not heard that before. Well, mysterial is the word that I've created. Is that what you're referring to? Well, I, I heard mysterial and then there was, um, oh, there I know was what you're emergence. Saying. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a capacity, a leadership capacity I call unfolding the emergent. Unfolding the emergent. I'm yeah. going to have to look into this more. Mm-hmm. It sounds very holistic. That was the word that kept, popped into my mind. Um, as you were describing it, because it was it was a, almost a process of I'm um, pulling on all of our capacities. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Unfolding mm-hmm. the emergent. Unfolding the emergent. Like there, in other words, there's something that's seeking to emerge, and 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 we can if we get we bring more of ourselves present. We actually start to open up these other ways of knowing. We can be dialing that in much more effectively and with an effortless effort, actually. I think it's not as hard. The work isn't as hard. And then these surprising things happen. Um, there's not time right now for, to give examples, but I will, another time I'd be happy to do that. My website has some of that. In other words, things that you couldn't imagine that are moving towards you. And if you can just hold and wait until you have your own knowing. Usually that ends up being right in sync with what's coming your way. Amazing. And Suzanne, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and would like to share with us? Well, I think it would be the the translation to the, to the online world, which you know, all of the research that I did all those years were uh, was done in retreat-based programs which meant for the most part women were either local or they flew in for the retreats. But um, now we have this wonderful infrastructure uh, in the online world. And I'm, I've had a vision, it was actually kind of dropped into my consciousness quite a number of years ago, of 144,000 mysterious women in a, in a murmuration. And a murmuration is when, you know, when the starlings do the, that sort of flight together. Birds do the, the, the flying. Um, it's such a beautiful, uh, fluid and kind of um, self-organizing movement. And I've had this vision of 144,000 mysterious women being a kind of tipping point of women who have got an, enough of those women running on that operating system. And I didn't know how I was going to do that because the online world wasn't even, you know, working at that time or wasn't happening much. Um, so, so I'm excited about, it's been one year now I started my first uh, program a year ago, exactly, an introductory program, and then my first depth program online um, last this year, and it was extremely successful. And uh, and in January, I'm starting my first depth level two program, which so, so I would say it's this ability for the global matrix to get lit up. Um, I'm I'm mostly excited about that. Yeah, we're all living a lot closer than we were years ago. We are. and now on the flip side of things Suzanne what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now and we'll see if there's an opportunity for coaching yeah I'd love your I'd love your reflections here um thank you for that I would say I have this large vision and I'm uh and then the scaling of this to scale from where I am now to that. And, and I suppose the biggest challenge is, you know, I know that this work is, is it's not for everyone. It's like a, a martial art of leadership work. It's very, it's intensive. It's for women who don't want to take 10 years 
on the slow path to awaken these potentialities. So how do I find the women change makers who are ready to do this inner upgrade to get the scaling that needs to happen for 144,000 women? Mm -hmm. Where have they been coming from thus far? They are, you know, in, in all of our programs, historically during the research, they were, the programs were full before we only, we did in-house corporate programs and we did public programs and they were full. We, we didn't basically market because we couldn't, the programs were small, limited enrollment. So um, mm -hmm. they were filled by word of mouth. And now in the online world, I'm doing, so it's some, it's similar with the online for sure. Um, and I'm also starting to get a presence on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, and of course the book. So the book has been won three awards, which has gotten a lot means that it's gotten some attention and I'm just thrilled with that. And it's like a calling card all over the world because it's available. The book already has practices for women to get started. So then they can, they follow up by getting in touch if they're ready to go deeper. Okay. So you've got the book out, you have the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. are, do you have a Facebook group? Yes. Okay. How many people are in the Facebook group? Oh, you see, that's how connected I am to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it, well, it's maybe it's several hundred, but okay. not thousands. Okay. And I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 uh, when p women finish the programs where they're in Facebook, closed Facebook groups, um, they go over into that group. And also when I do live Facebook events or uh, I send out information and let people know that it exists, but I, I don't know that I'm really effectively using the, the Facebook group yet. Okay. And we both know you're on podcasts now too. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely helping to spread the word. And you're a speaker. Where are you speaking? Well, the, the year the book came out, and I've done a lot of speaking historically, so it's sort of one of the things. Emerging Women, I was one of the speakers at the Emerging Women Conference. Uh, and in Europe, I was a keynote speaker at uh, the Big Women's Leadership event, the WIN Conference, and um, at an integral Europe conference, and then Barcelona, and then at another conference in, in uh, uh, Holland. And then here in the United States, I'm just starting to turn my attention there now. I think that's one of the directions I, I absolutely need to develop. Uh, I've done speaking here in Seattle locally, but I, I would like to get, and the Emerging Women, which is here in the United States, but I'd like to get on more of the global stages and more of the, the bigger stages here in the United States, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, podcasts are great because they're evergreen. So someone could be listening to this two years from now mm -hmm. and find you and discover you. Um, but there's something about, I, I mean, I'm going to throw this out there and you, you tell me what you think there, there is definitely something about being in the same room, even if it's a stadium, right? right, right. Being in the same room with somebody, like you can feel their energy. And um, I think, yeah. And with the topic you're discussing it and, and I'll acknowledge, I'm still like really getting my mind wrapped around everything that you do and, and the depth that you go with these women. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this is like some martial arts training for leadership right. and you're going into the intuition, masculine and feminine energy. It's very spiritual. Um, you talk about like living in the unknown, right? And, mm -hmm. and being kind of away from the shore. I definitely got an image of that at one point mm -hmm. when you were talking, like being in the water, you're not on land, you're, you're on uncertain ground. And can you go with the flow of that? So, 
initially, I think what you present can seem awesome and intimidating all at the same time, right? So there, there almost has to be this, this safe experience initially. No, I think that's very intuitive of you because it's, it's um, one of the things I've, I've come to recognize in this last while that um, the the transmission piece is really key because, because what I'm actually speaking to uh, is, is an embodied experience. And you know that when you hear me speak and you know that it's not just an idea I came up with yesterday um, that that I've first of all researched it deeply for years and then lived it profoundly for the last four. So um, I think you're right. And that's the, the work and also how to boil boil down something that's quite complex um, into the simple steps and I've started to do that actually but I I, so that women I I have an introductory program right now which I've never had where women can come in and just start to get the there are five codes in this this uh, accelerated pathway that they can start to actually connect with each of the feminine and masculine codes in a really simple way that's perfect and even taking a step further out is what kind of marketing would you do for these women to say yes to the introductory program, you know, and, and I'm getting a vision definitely where if someone can't be in the same room with you, video is definitely the way right. to go. Cause people have to experience you. I mean, you have amazing energy, mm-hmm. you know, and you get like your voice has resonance, you know? Um, and, and you talked about it. it's an embodied experience. You embody the work that you yeah. do. So the more someone can experience you, because this is the thing people as you know, when it comes to, um, the services that you and I sell, you know, people aren't necessarily buying your program. They're, they're buying what you have, Right. People watch you and go, what is it about this woman? How is she so calm, so sure of herself? She just seems to be connected to something I'm not connected to. So the more that you can give somebody that experience, the more likely. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. And actually, it's interesting what you say, because um, women used to in our earlier uh, programs that they would the way that women other students came into the, the next programs would be very often that they would see someone they weren't you know at work or a friend and and say like she has this radiant presence like mm. whatever she has I want so what is that? what is it what is it that she has I want that that's how uh, women would come into the program so yeah. there is something I, I don't know if you have recommendations about how to to get on a on the speaking circuit more specifically. Yeah, we can talk offline. Nothing immediate coming to mind, but there's always, always like there's the National Speakers Association. Mm-hmm. When you think about um, other people out there who are doing similar work to what you're doing, but not the exact same thing. You know, mm-hmm. people who maybe also work with women who are change makers, mm-hmm. you know, having an opportunity to contribute to them and share with their audiences the work that you do, you know, so tapping into other people's platforms as a way to contribute, Mm -hmm. um, works very well. Yeah. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would probably know those people better than yeah. I do because mm-hmm. you're you're watching like what other people are doing. And you're probably also asking the women who come to your programs, like, what are they, you know, experiencing out in the world? Who do they follow? You know, oh. what are they interested in? That'll that will give you some access in your Facebook group doing Facebook lives or even recording a video and uploading it into that group and asking that group to share it with the women that they know who are like them, um, because we're all birds of feather, right? right? We, t- we tend to flock together. So That's- I, if I was in your group, I probably have five friends that I didn't think to invite into the group yet that I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, just come on into my group then, Mysterial Woman. I will. <laughs> it's, just, it's called Mysterial Woman. I'll, I, you can find it on Facebook. <laughs> I will look that up and I'll add it to your show notes page too. So those of you who are listening, if you are interested in what Suzanne has been saying and want to be in the group and see what's going on in there, you can join that. And you can always put Mysterial Woman in, in the search bar on Facebook as well. Okay. All right, Suzanne. And I'll I'll stay in touch with you because I think there there's still more ideas that will pop into my head, of course, after we hang up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's great. I appreciate you, your coaching are very welcome. Okay, now we're going to go into the quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is the one that I would share with everyone because it's something that I, I do daily and I teach to all my students. And I call it a morning flow. How we enter into the day has everything to do with what actually unfolds in the day. So the the first thing is you uh, gratitude is the letting gratitude fill your heart when you first arise. So you put your feet on the ground, you get off, turn around, sit up on your bed, put your feet on the ground. And as you stand up, uh, you do a little prayer of gratitude. I am grateful to have this day ahead of me. You can have your own words for whatever this is for you, in which I will bring my creative expression and love into whoever eye contact and whatever circumstances arise. So you kind of create your own prayer. And then um, I do uh, writing, morning writing, which is just stream of consciousness writing, sometimes called morning pages that Julia Cameron is well known for, uh, where I'm just letting whatever I think and feel stream through me. So all of those niggling thoughts that would otherwise be directing the traffic during the day that are in the unconscious, and I don't want to necessarily be doing that. And then I have a meditation practice uh, where I am still, and also during meditation I connect with the field of the women that I'm working with and send my prayers and blessings in various directions. And then I do something called a mysterial kata, which is a series of five qigong which is a martial art qigong poses that energize my system. And then I uh, say out loud my intention statement, what it is I'm seeing for myself in the, in the uh, future, the image I'm holding of my future self that's calling me forward. And all of that takes time, but it, if I'm in a really busy cycle, uh, I usually extend it. I don't shorten it. <laughs> so it means getting up earlier because I need the well of being from which I source my doing to be even deeper. So that's the uh, that's practice, the morning flow. That sounds lovely. And Suzanne, what advice would you give your younger self? Well, I liked that question. I like this question a lot. And I actually think uh, I have 
been doing this and I have memories of when I was young of actually feeling like my self today was coming back, was talking to me then. And I think what she was saying, what I almost always said to myself then was something like, I know it doesn't feel like you belong, you know, this feeling of not belonging in the world the way it is. I know that you feel you don't belong, but your time is coming and keep following the thread of your destiny. You were born for these times and we're getting you ready for what you came to do. Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Hmm. I think I will use this little um, poem, actually one line from Frederick Bruckner, who says, the place life calls you to, or spirit calls you to, is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. The place life calls you to, where the most aliveness is, is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And why does that quote have meaning for you, Suzanne? Because it, it basically invites me to find what is my deepest passion and heart's desire again and again, and to trust that as I do that, there is a world that is hungry for my unique genius and gift, and I can trust that it wants me as much as I want to serve it. I love that your episode is going live the beginning of December because I always think of December as the month to slow down and reflect and think about, mm. you know, the year we've just had and the year we're coming into. So I love that you're here. And so lastly, Suzanne, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Uh, I would love you to find us or find me through the through my uh, website. Website is Mysterial Woman M Y S T E R I A L Woman dot com, and then just stroll through there and see if you feel a resonance with the the awakening of a mysterious way of being, and then get on the mailing list, which immediately um, puts you in the stream of videos and. Uh, various ways that I, I'm very actively nourishing the community. Um, you can find me on Facebook with Mysterial Woman, as we've already mentioned, uh, Twitter, Mysterial Woman, and Instagram, Mysterial Woman. Uh, so all in any of those ways, I'd love to meet you and love to feel you in our uh, emerging Mysterial Murmuration. Love that. And for those of you who are listening, you know you can find all the links and resources that Suzanne shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Suzanne, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody, for taking the initiative to hold space like this, to be in conversations with so many others who are like you wanting to be um, bring the light and wisdom and love into the world right now and help, help many others do the same.
Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.